1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thank Godzilla It's Friday. It's Friday, and that means it's Godzilla oh i'm sorry it's actually frankenstein this this week friend cool <laughs> <laughs> friend, friend usually good yes uh giant my, giant monster bad my name is william bibiani i am a critic i write for slashed film i recently wrote a review for the film verdict oh nice yeah so i've, I've got a byline there too now isn't that nice don't know how much Very work cool. i'll get there
2: but i have at least you know one what? one more on your byline always nice? always looks good uh yeah. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I too, am a critic. I write for Slash Film all day, every day. I don't have other bylines. That's that's my one gig.
1: You're very prolific over there. So please mm. listen to re- uh, read everything Whitney does. Listen to it if
2: you want to say it out loud as well. Uh, there there are reading programs. Yeah. you can download that will read my stuff too. That's you. fun. Uh, uh, and and good editors who uh, sort of catch all my weird typing foibles because despite all of the typing I do, still uh, still need to proof. You've had uh, many a foible. Many a foib. Many a foib. Uh, Speaking of foibs...
1: (laughs) This is a very... We say this almost every week, but we really mean it this time. This is a very weird film we're reviewing this week on Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. Once again, uh, this is a podcast in which we review every single movie in the Godzilla series, including, but not limited to, all the Godzilla movies. We're also reviewing movies uh, that feature monsters... That would eventually interact with Godzilla We're focusing on all of the the spin-offs and tie-ins And um, this one actually has a big long history That is wrapped up with Godzilla It was almost a Godzilla movie Then it wasn't a Godzilla movie Then we got a different Godzilla movie And then this became its own thing And then that guy met Godzilla It's a whole shebang It is, depending on where you've seen it Mm. Frankenstein Conquers the
2: World It's American title or Frankenstein versus Barugon. Ba- Baragon. Baragon, sorry. Ba- Barugon is a different monster.
1: You're right, and I apologize <laughs> for that. Or, if you're in my house, who framed Frankenstein?
2: Uh, it also uh, internationally was released as Frankenstein versus the Giant Devil Fish, which is a little odd because the Giant Devil Fish maybe that octopus it's only only shows
1: up literally two minutes from the end the the only thing that could even remotely make sense for that is only in some cuts of the movie and literally in the last couple of minutes
2: Mm. it's hilarious this movie has such a weird backstory well we talked about this a little bit when we we reviewed king kong versus godzilla from 1962 uh, that one started as, uh, th- there was this weird, uh, ambitious project that two studios were working on simultaneously where, uh, Frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. was going to grow to enormous size and do combat with Godzilla. Uh, no, no, no. Originally. Oh was, no, it was going to do combat was, with
1: King Kong. King Kong. Willis O'Brien, who was the original visual effects artist on the original King Kong. Uh, he had For an 19, idea. 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. Like w- one of the most iconic movies of all time. Uh he had an idea he wanted to do, I think it was originally called King Kong versus Prometheus or King Kong meets Frankenstein. It's had like a couple of different names. Uh Willis O'Brien wanted to make this movie, and gradually the rights got basically taken away from him, and it mm. totally He he died like before the movie, you know, was properly made, and it was really, really sad. He never got to see his vision come to life. Um his ideas for King Kong versus Frankenstein were kind of split into two movies. Uh, we got King Kong versus Godzilla, which was kind of the basic vibe, Mm -hmm. but there was also going to be a, a a version, um, uh, that was a little bit more like the movie that we're seeing today, where Frankenstein was going to, uh, fight Godzilla. This was a premise that they had prepped, that they had prepped. Uh, it was going to be, uh, uh, Frankenstein monster gets irradiated, grows to enormous size. Uh, the original idea was that the Japanese government would enlist Godzilla's help to, right. de- to destroy and fight uh, Frankenstein, and then they both fight each other. Uh, I think one of them gets uh, dies in a volcano, the other one drowns, and that was going to be the movie, and that isn't quite the movie we got. The basic setup is the same, which is that the Frankenstein monster comes to Japan, Mm. And starts growing to uh, a Godzilla-like size, but um, we don't have Godzilla anymore. The monster he fights is actually a complete coincidence, and the monster is causing so much destruction that everyone assumes Frankenstein is doing it, even though Frankenstein isn't that bad a guy. So yeah. Frankenstein gets framed as a kaiju. <laughs> Baragon is a is a is a jerk. Mm. So
2: a uh, weird thing. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, yeah. This, this, the, look up the production on like a Wikipedia or something, because yeah. it was a long, complicated path. To yeah, get that was here. that was our um, truncated version.
1: Yeah. There's there's more accurate things to find. We don't want to uh, get you know yeah, entirely but... caught up in, in all of that, but yeah. So it's a it's a weird premise. It's gonna lead to a weird film, and uh, it starts off in World War II with Frankenstein in a lab. And you know how, like, uh, uh, labs, that you don't just put, like, water and, like, a liquid in one thing and then it goes into another thing? Mm. It has to get sucked up into a series of tubes yeah. and spin around and go in, like, a little vial and everything like that and it's then like drip, a,
2: drip, drip down. like a cooling and mixing process,
1: yeah. is, is that what that is? Because my theory was is that liquid is just better after it goes through many tubes. And that's why okay. the Silly Straw Company... Uh, you know, made such a big <laughs> money And then scientists yeah, my, uh, were like, my
2: god, the silly straw company is right Let's enlist their help to build these science things My uh, eight-year-old son earned yeah. a lot of ski ball tickets one day okay. At Dave and Buster's Ooh. And bought himself, and he still uses it A cup that has a straw that starts in the bottom Exits the top of the cup Wraps around the exterior of the cup nice. And then goes up into the, the child's mouth Silly straws so were the coolest thing. you can see those things. things. You can see the liquid traveling through the exterior of the cup. Silly cat. straws take something very, very practical mm-hmm. and makes it fun without completely ruining the practicality. Mm-hmm. It takes longer to drink, mm-hmm. but you still get to drink. But uh, maybe you talk to a chemist because those funny tubes are not just for fun. Okay, They listen, actually serve a scientific purpose. The cat is making noise. Dante, you know, right? can I
1: help you, buddy? We're good? Okay. Uh, if any chemists are listening to our show... Mm-hmm. Uh, please let us know what the purpose is of all the little like weird specifically, things. Yeah,
2: like, like I said, it's like and mixing, but I know, yeah, I'm no chemist, I know nothing beyond like
1: that. Like, it, it's a, it sucks up liquid, it goes up this thing, goes into that thing, it mm. twirls around, 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 and then it goes drip, 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 drip. You know what I'm talking about.
2: It looks really cool in a movie, too. Yeah. Um. Like, uh, remember in Ed Wood, he, like, walks into the big empty space. Like, yeah, I want, like, vials and tubes and electrical thing that buzzes. Like, he, yeah, he doesn't know what those things are. And I feel like most people who make movies don't. Yeah. It just looks cool. Like,
1: because Frankenstein, the uh, the actual doctor, I don't think he's in this movie. There's, like, a German scientist mm. who has found Frankenstein's
2: still-beating heart. Uh, So, we know Frankenstein from the... I guess most people know it from the movie but you know it's a but famous, it's a, it's novel, a famous but, yeah. book I think everyone I think most people have at least heard of Frankenstein 1945 uh, Frankenstein's monster has been rent apart and only mm. the heart remains and we don't know the backstory there just, yeah. somebody has Frankenstein monster heart in a box
1: they, they all just assume everyone understands
2: the Frankenstein vibe they don't go to a lot of trouble to explain the origin of Frankenstein uh, and, and, uh, and you know it's, it's uh, important because we have important actors sort of giving the, the exposition Oh yeah. Um yeah. you you look them up while I give a, the plot So
1: they they put Frankenstein's heart in like a mm. a, a liquid protein solution. This will a, be important. Oh right,
2: it, it was Takashi Shimura. Yeah. He's back again. Oh
1: yeah, and he's only in like one scene. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a big actor, but he's only in like one scene just to explain Frankenstein shit. Uh they wrap up the heart. They put it in a in a big box. They put it on a Nazi submarine, and then we follow the line, like in the Indiana Jones movies. Travels all around
2: the world. From Germany
1: down to, like, the Indian Sea, and then they meet a Japanese sub, like, Mm. surreptitiously in the middle of the ocean. To pass off the heart. And they pass off the heart, and then immediately the German sub is destroyed. And the Japanese sub is like, great, we've got the thingy. I hope it was worth it. And then they deliver it to this lab, and it's a still beating heart. and, And
2: what city is the lab in? It's in Hiroshima. It's in
1: Hiroshima. On a very particular date yeah. in time. If you've seen Oppenheimer, you probably know. Uh, and uh, yeah, ju- just before that happens, uh, our our wonderful scientist says, uh, Takashi Shimura says, uh, they can use this heart. They can mm-hmm. reverse engineer the science that created Frankenstein uh, to prevent 80 to 90% of soldiers... Yeah, from just, dying in war. Yeah, just bring them back. Yeah, which kind of makes war pointless at that point. Like, Good. We're not, Fine. Yeah, no, I mean, like I'm actually, like, with you <laughs> on that. If we're
2: using, you know, Frankenstein science to yeah. you know, resurrect dead soldiers, why have the soldiers get killed in the first place? Yeah, like, we're just going to end up with the same number of soldiers at that point. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
1: It's already ridiculous, but you know what I mean.
2: I like that Star Trek episode where they just, yeah. like, fed themselves into a computer. It's like okay there, right. there's this rather, we, rather than calculated the what the damage that this battle would do and like 20 people died in this battle so sacrifice 20 of your side yeah they, and don't, they do and they just dutifully they don't even drop a, a bomb
1: or, or fire any guns or anything they just say we've run it through a computer the computer says 20 people on your side died please kill 20 of your people and I mean, everyone's it, like that's fair war, war it's just a numbers <laughs> game it, it so, prevents yeah, the architecture well, yeah. from being destroyed I guess it's worth it and I'm like and Kirk of course was that, that's <laughs> weird just don't have the don't die kirk was was very respectful of other people's cultures um anyway uh so the bomb drops this is actually even though a lot of the monsters in these movies that we reviewed Mm. have either been created directly as a result of nuclear blasts or indirectly through lingering radiation this is the first time we've ever
2: seen them actually dramatize the dropping of a nuclear bomb in japan yeah and i I think um it's it, I think enough time has passed. Mm-hmm. If, if you, you I mean, couldn't, you been could been not dramatize years. that in a monster movie in mm-hmm. nineteen fifty-four. No. no, that's way too soon. Yeah, um, think of. If something like World War Z, mm. or or, uh, or or better yet, Man of Steel, yeah, where they just lay waste to a city and yep. like crash into buildings and stuff, yeah, they Well, can you imagine I, if that movie came out in like two thousand three? Well, yeah, but to be fair, the Man of Steel did
1: come out like slightly over ten years after nine eleven. Yeah, and even and, then, and people I, said it was too soon. Yeah, not everybody, yeah. but some people said, like, you know what, it's this a little is, tacky. This still, is all, this yeah. is maybe not great. I'm not really a huge fan of city destruction it's a little close to home so uh there there is a line by which you know there will always be people who are very very sensitive Mm. and that's totally fair and totally reasonable but there's always some sort of cultural line wherein something that was considered completely so tragic and so close to home for so many people that depicting it was kind of universally to be agreed to be in poor taste or at the very least pushing it yeah uh and then at some point enough like young people who weren't there when it happened are older and they have enough distance that you can kind of make a movie more for them mm. and you can dramatize it that way
2: because they maybe don't remember what that was like. Yeah, and, so they need to dramatize now. And Frankenstein conquers the world. That's yeah. 20 years after the bomb. A generation yeah. has passed. Yeah. Uh, so well, this of, is Ishiro Honda again. So like he's, he's been making he, these, these remember, movies the whole time. Yeah. And he, uh, so they they dramatize the dropping of the bomb, but then there's like a hard cut mm-hmm. to a building uh, in Hiroshima that was mm-hmm. damaged in the blast. Yeah. I mean, all buildings were, but one that's like still partially built is sort of like a monument. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it fades to the, the present day and it's still there and it's still damaged.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it's
2: like, okay, this is the, the lingering effect, but that's as poignant as this movie is going to get because yeah. it's also about Frankenstein's irradiated heart.
1: Yeah, it's still we're going to cut to 15 years later. Uh, and uh, two things are happening. One, we have our main characters. They are doctors uh, working in a hospital that is focusing on people who are still suffering from the effects of the radiation from the Hiroshima blast. Really, honestly, I appreciate how sobering that is. Like, they're talking about, like, this person, you know doesn't this person knows they're going to die and they're just waiting out the time. Mm. And these doctors are just like, I, I, you know, we've found this new discovery, but it's not in time to save the woman we just talked to. And isn't that terrible. And uh, I appreciate that there is, uh, you know, they, they know that that's not fun, that that is genuine tragedy. And we are building on that. And that is their motivation to do a lot of the things in the movie to prevent uh, that kind of tragedy from ever happening, at least the same way again. Um meanwhile uh, there is a car- uh, a character they keep referring to as the waif, which mm. is a pretty an- uh, antiquated term but uh, basically a homeless kid yeah uh, and it's a it's a
2: young eh, uh, was, teenager or young teenager well, he's 15 uh, yeah. and uh, oh well, I guess he would be yeah he's, he's yeah. 15 years old because uh, and they explain it pretty quick. Uh, and it's pretty obvious what's going on, because yeah. uh, he has, like, a square Frankenstein head. Yeah, uh, in the Boris Karloff vein, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they refer to him as Caucasian. Mm-hmm. He's played by a Japanese actor. Yeah. With, well, who put on, like, green contact lenses. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Not a Caucasian actor No, no, uh, no someone, someone argues that like maybe uh, This was a child of a soldier Visiting in Japan mm-hmm. And the mother was a sex worker And she didn't want to have the baby She just sort, sort of, of like abandoned ab- it Abandoned the child So and the it's, child like, it's like half American, half Japanese mm-hmm. That was something they, they toyed with But the basic vibe of it is That heart grew into a person when no mm. one was looking and now it's a 15 year old boy who is wandering the streets and eating everyone's pets and there's actually a really gruesome image of a couple of a, of a bunch of kids like little kids like fifth, mm. fifth graders like coming to school like yeah i'm gonna get my for class and then they look shocked and they run away and the camera turns down and it's a rabbit that has been like torn to pieces and it's
2: mm.
1: pretty visceral actually like that's that's kind of gross for these kinds I mean, of movies. People eat rabbits. I they? understand I mean, that, yeah. but this just to see it like torn to shreds like that is it's it's not the image you want. When they oh, when no, they no, no, when no. they offer rabbit on a menu, uh-huh. they don't show you that image. I suppose not. It's not it's and again, if a, if a child is yeah. it sees that suddenly, it's going to be kind of traumatic.
2: Frankenstein's yeah. heart mm-hmm. has grown into a teenager. And you it's, know, like and you it's, do, and it's eating foods, and they uh, eventually reveal that. Uh, Frankenstein requires protein. That's yeah. so all he needs. is protein, and protein makes Frankenstein grow. Mm-hmm. Not just from like a baby into a teenager, but, but get keep growing l- larger forever. and larger. Yeah, theoretically,
1: Frankenstein can keep growing until he's the size of the planet. Mm. Uh, it's weird that that like it seems like Frankenstein has established a certain equilibrium. At the beginning of the movie, because he's yeah. not growing from scene to scene, but later on, he does grow well, from scene to scene.
2: When to they scene. start overfeeding him. Well, what is overfeeding Frankenstein? Is like a lo- uh, where's that line? It That's seems kind of like vague. he's been eating just enough protein to stay yeah. human size, and when they finally uh, try to befriend him... and. Feed him and feed him. Yeah, that's when he starts growing into a giant. So
1: our trio of scientists. There's an American scientist played by. Is it Nick Adams? Is the guy Nick name? Adams? Is the actor. Nick yeah. Adams yeah. who we'll see again. Uh, and uh, and two other scientists. They um um oh, what are their names? Uh, uh, Tadeo mm-hmm. Takashima and Kumi Mitsuno. Mm-hmm. Uh, they uh they manage to find this this young man, and they take him to their uh, hospital to to take care of them and. He's, you know, he hasn't been, like, raised by people. He doesn't really know human language. Uh, there's a scene in which it looks like uh, he's going to attack uh, Kumi Mitsuno's character. Mi- Mizu- and, Mizuno. Yeah, Mizuno. Um, not, not Mitsuno. Sorry, it's that's like, that's like, that's, that's me being Italian. Sorry different, about that. Different letter, yeah. No, it's me being Italian. Sorry about that. But um, uh, And the doctors are like, oh, we have to stop him. He's about to hurt her. And it's like, no, 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 He she just had a shiny on yeah, her, her neck. And like, he likes shiny way, yeah. things. He's not violent Mm. he's
2: he he trashed a tv threw a tv out a window but the tv scared him who hasn't done that yeah
1: but the tv scared him Uh so it's it's understandable considering he doesn't understand how these things work but uh they panic and they end up shackling him and putting him in the basement in a cage and i'm like holy shit around this time uh, a guy who uh was there during uh uh when, when they delivered the heart at the beginning mm. of the movie, uh, comes in and says, oh, yeah, that's Frankenstein. Yeah, that's a Frankenstein heart. We got that in World War Two. Yeah, big deal. Turns out you feed it enough protein, it goes on forever. And everyone just sort of nods like, hmm, this makes sense. <laughs> no, one, no, one, no one questions it. Well, no one's like, wasn't that a book? Wasn't that like a novel
2: made up by somebody? No, it's it's fact in this. Oh, so, re- remember, re- because there's precedent. Remember when we saw I, Frankenstein? Mm-hmm. That posited that Frankenstein really did make a monster and he lived into the future and became like a night warrior. Yes. Remember how stupid that movie was? That movie very, very stupid. <laughs> and uh, that
1: movie is... Th- what pissed me off about that movie is it doesn't even credit Mary Shelley until no. the thank yous and the final credits. Not even based on an idea by... Like, holy shit. I know it's in public domain, but my God, the, the disrespect. That just occurred to me. I actually didn't check to see if, her, if she's credited in this she's movie. She's not. Oh, that sucks. The
2: <laughs> disrespect. The disrespect. Can you... Okay, so... Imagine you're Mary Shelley, mm-hmm. as a teenager, you're partying with these absinthe drinking weirdos in yeah. this big mansion, and Lord Byron is there collecting his tears and vials. And... <laughs> I saw the movie Gothic. I got the gist. Yeah. You, yeah, you picture yourself in the movie Gothic. Yeah. Do you think that Mary Shelley could have ever fathomed that someday this this like horror novel that she's writing to scare her husband mm-hmm. was gonna like fight a giant dog mole no one can picture them. no one can predict in Japan things. no one can predict
1: these things
2: they don't know what a, what a Barragon is so in 75 years when they're dramatizing this podcast <laughs> and we're 800 feet tall and we're throwing planets at each other and when we disagree giant mummies attacking us it'll be great uh, we couldn't have predicted that yeah. well, we, we didn't oh, see that I, I coming. predicted the mummies I got it right okay if there's mummies yeah well now the mummies are canon now that you've said so, it <laughs> That the mummies not. are part no, it's of not our, surprising. our myth. Yeah, yeah it's, it. it's just the natural part of the universe. Someone draw that. Um, just us it's... fighting giant mummies. Oh my god! Um, with, with the podcast, Mike, like
1: standing on top of planets too, like 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 a great Jack Kirby cover. Or something. <laughs> oh, that would that would make me happy. But uh, anyway, uh, so they, he explains the Frankenstein thing. They get it. Uh, one of the scientists uh, travels to Germany to verify this story. Hmm. Uh, and they meet the scientist that we saw at the beginning of the movie, but now he has white hair, time has passed, and the guy explains, he doesn't explain what he's doing outside of prison since he was helping the Nazis, but he explains,
2: and and he's in Frankfurt, he's not like hiding out in Argentina or
1: something, (laughs) okay, but anyway, you have to expect him to be like in prison with like Hannibal Lecter style, (laughs) but he's still got the beakers, we let him have the beakers, it's mostly saline, um, he
2: doesn't feel like he's doing it. It makes him feel yeah. like
1: he's doing science. Yeah, uh, the, he explains there's only one way to tell if that boy you found is Frankenstein. Mm. Cut off an arm or a leg. If he grows the arm or a leg back, and or if the arm or leg crawls off on its own, it was
2: Frankenstein.
1: Never oh, mind. Never
2: mind if he's not. <laughs> It's pretty obvious that he's Frankenstein. It's pretty uh... obvious
1: that he's Frankenstein. I get that they want more conclusive proof. But this is the part of the movie that sends this character, uh, Dr. Kawaji, uh, down a really weird path. Because from this moment on, he's like... the, The guy says, you gotta cut off his arm and her leg. And the guy's just like, hmm... I have always wanted an excuse to cut off an arm or a leg. And he, Mm. like, goes back to Japan, and, like, when no one else is looking, he, like goes down into the, the cell with, like, a big syringe, like, he's gonna cut off the guy's arms and legs. And then later on in the movie, when all the shit hits the fan and Frankenstein's running amok and everything like that, he's just like, I just really want to cut off a finger. And it's like, this serial, right, killer, has, about it. This serial about it. killer has been activated and we're it's, never gonna
2: address this. It's too bad we can't get to finger. Yeah, <laughs> It's so weird. Well, the, there's this weird, like, little kid fascination mm-hmm. about bodies in... In this movie. Yeah. Uh, this idea of, like, cut, you cut off a limb and it grows back. Like, it's kind of cartoon logic.
1: Yeah, they cut off but, Frankenstein's hand. The hand walks away. Mm. Not
2: not as cool as in, like, the Evil Dead movies, but the same premise. Uh, yeah. Part of it's, like, a mechanical effect, and then there's a lot of, like, camera trickery when somebody's mm. wearing a glove. But, yeah. You know. but uh, So that's in there, too. But they, it's, well, it's, they, a very, they, it's, it's a playful idea
1: of gore, mm. but sometimes it is genuinely gross, like, again, with the rabbit. This is, like... This is a kaiju movie because there's, in addition to Frankenstein, there's also a giant reptile we haven't talked about yet. Um, but it's also
2: kind of trying to be a hammer horror movie, a little. A little bit. There's uh, the mad science, there's who, gore. Who's the artist? Um, there was an artist in the 60s who created like a comic book version of Frankenstein. Is it Bernie Wrightson? Yeah. Maybe so. Who had like a, a little bit more of a gaunt zombie face, mm. uh, very different from the Boris Karloff image, and he wore like skins. Uh, I, I, the, I, I might be uh, too late. I know Bernie Wrightson
1: did. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein, and you tell me if this is who you're thinking of. Okay, maybe
2: so. Um, yeah, they, I think that's like one of the more contemporary uh, designs of the Frankenstein monster. Uh, yeah. Is it? Is this your Frankenstein? Uh, not quite. Okay, like, different yeah, guy. Uh, that's yeah.
1: a that's a classic Frankenstein. Nobody oh, okay. writes an amazing Frankenstein. So I'm not sure who you're talking mm-hmm. about, but I'm sure there were plenty yeah. of people bringing their own uh, approach to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Um, so
2: um, so he tries to mutilate Frankenstein. Well, they do. They get they get Frankenstein's hand off, but then yeah. f- before they see that the hand crawls around, Fra- yeah. Frankenstein escapes.
1: Yeah. And uh, now he's on the loose, and he's growing and growing and growing, like and, The Amazing Colossal Man, but without the depressive, yeah, uh, 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 the, the, without the depression. Like, The Amazing Colossal Man was a... What fire could
2: a man fire in a single
1: life. Bird Eye Gordon directed a movie called The Amazing Colossal Man in the early 60s, uh, and the, the setup is the exact same as The Incredible Hulk, and it pre- predates the yeah, creation of The say, Incredible uh, Hulk. Uh,
2: it, there's a, there's Stan, Stan Lee is watching those monster movies.
1: I bet he was. Mm. But, like, there's there's a big experimental radioactive bomb. Someone wanders into the test area. A scientist pushes him out of the way, but he takes the full brunt of the blast. And now he's turning into this giant hulking thing. Mm. And, and he's growing and growing, and he's very sad about he's it. He's very sad because he just can't stop growing. Like, mm. what is. I kind of like that movie because it's like, what if Godzilla had an existential crisis, kind of? Mm. And. It's not very sophisticated, but it's got good oh, well, ideas.
2: It's it's unbelievably corny and it's really yeah. overwrought. Uh, Glenn was fifty feet tall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, so we're so we're in
1: that we're in that zone, and it's also interesting because this is the first uh, uh, kaiju we've had who, aside from like wearing like a head prosthetic, not in a full costume.
2: No, and it, in yeah. fact, you can tell that uh, Ishido Honda took advantage of that. Yeah. There's a lot of fighting in this movie. A lot more than usual. A lot lot more than usual. Like, big, long, extended fighting Mm -hmm. sequences, and Frankenstein is jumping over Baragon's Mm -hmm. back and doing flips and picking him up by the tail. You remember the monster versus monster fights, and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of awkward crashing and falling over. You guys can barely move or see in those Yeah, it wasn't until one of the more recent movies, I think it was King Ghidorah. Mm -hmm. It was Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, uh, where... Um, the actor could finally move in the Godzilla suit. Yeah, Before, they like, was, like, redesigned really it to the of mobility. Slimmed, yeah, yeah. slummed it down so it could move around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think with uh, unencumbered by a monster suit, yeah. yeah, they're gonna do really fast monster fights. The problem is, if he's not in a monster suit, he looks just like a guy.
1: Yeah, you gotta be really careful. It's, Slow motion helps a lot. Yeah. Low angles help a lot. You gotta make sure he's around something that provides scale. Otherwise, mm-hmm. he just looks like he's walking around. I think Ishiro Honda actually mostly gets away with it. Mostly I think there's some really good they, shots in this movie. Uh, Frankenstein it, is a giant,
2: actually. Ishiro Honda is, you know, this is second nature to him by now. Yeah. But he's really good about keeping his monsters on, like, miniature forest sets and putting, like, small mm-hmm. trees next to them. So they always look a little bit large. The problem is he also speeds up the film during the fights. Sometimes, yeah. It's really quick, and it doesn't make Frankenstein look large. It makes Baragon look small.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, rest.
2: By the way, Baragon. Baragon! Uh, Baragon is a is dog-puppy monster. He, he's a reptile with big, flappy beagle ears. Yeah. And, and I kind of love him. And, and a little glowing horn on his nose. Yeah. And it,
1: it can shoot, like, a laser beam at you. you... Uh, uh, no,
2: it's not it the horn; he breathes like oh, he red, bread right. blast. Yeah. But the horn
1: glows, and that's why I got confused. Um, Baragon is a subterranean monster. He's been living underground this whole time, and he's been sort of like burrowing under various parts of Japan, creating sinkholes, eating well, uh, people. Apparently, uh, off yeah. camera. Uh, and there's a
2: really wonderful line of dialogue. Frankenstein doesn't eat people. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good, like, good, to know. That's that's, like that's part not of his this mo. Yeah. That's
1: clearly not. You're you're thinking of Hannibal Lecter. Now, if Hannibal Lecter was 100 feet tall,
2: then we're in trouble. Okay, why have we not greenlit that movie? That's a great movie. But uh, earlier in the movie there was an earthquake and like a a lab fell over and there was a blinking light coming from underneath uh, like a crack. So um, uh, Baragon uh, has clearly been awakened by this uh, earthquake. earthquake. But it's a coincidence, which is kind of weird. It's a
1: little little unsatisfying dramatically. Yeah. Uh, But it's also... Just, here's the thing, though. On one hand, this is just the universe in which this genre exists now. Monsters are just everywhere. Yeah. And we can accept that. And I would be fine with that, except we still have the scenes in this movie where, in an attempt to get Frankenstein off the hook for all of these, like, he's still, like, ram- rampaging around and we gotta stop him, but he's not destroying things and killing people. He's actually hiding out in the woods like Rambo in First Blood. Mm. Um but this other creature is doing it, and these these doctors are like, we, we have an eyewitness, we think this is actually a giant reptile uh, from the prehistoric era that has been living underground this whole time, and they keep trying to convince people, and everyone keeps laughing at their face or saying, yeah, I suppose there's like a one in a billion chance, but I'm not going to agree with you. And at this point in the kaiju genre film cycle, that's like watching a zombie movie where none of the characters have even heard of zombies. Yeah, like at this point, man. You 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 gotta know, you gotta know the kaiju are a thing, right? It's just a thing that sometimes happens in Japan, like (laughs) especially in Japan. But we have Mm. what was it? MSC great. Every country (laughs) has a monster. We do, Uh, but uh, Japan seems to have quite a few. Oh, we we
2: got a bunch here. Right? Oh yeah, we got we got. Not to...
1: giant though. Only a few of ours are giant.
2: We got Bigfoot. We got yeah. Mothman. That's got not West really Virginia. giant. Virginia, yeah. Every state has its the monster. Jersey yeah. Devil. Yeah, yeah. Um, good times. Uh, I I, I I stand for Sasquatch because you know the, he, he's California boy, but I'm very fond of the Mothman. <laughs> um
1: Anyway, so uh, they're they're trying to convince people that Frankenstein is innocent, and uh, nobody wants to believe them. There's a there's a line I appreciate actually, which is where they're talking about an actual practical consideration. We're running out of money. It's like we've been we've been That's searching true, for Frankenstein yeah. this whole time, and and uh, well, Doctor Doctor Tagami is uh, she's saying like. Um, like yeah the the hotel we we can pay them like later on like layaway but the daily
2: helicopter rides are getting expensive <laughs> And they're having trouble tracking down Frankenstein because there's animals disappearing and there's mm. uh, you know these monster attacks. Yeah. All through like on every mountain and in, J- in the Japanese countryside and yeah,
1: which which we we know is because there are two monsters in yeah. different places, so but they think it's just a huge search area. Yeah,
2: they, they they're chasing back and forth between these various areas, thinking it's just Frankenstein sprinting around when yeah. really there's two monsters. Uh, it's not until a little bit later that they realize, wait a minute, there's a second monster and they make such a little deal of it oh, yeah. that there's another monster here. When they finally shows up and it's like, uh, it, it, Baragon
1: finally attacks in such a way that people actually see him, people who will live to tell the tale hmm. and our, our heroes actually run from Baragon and they tell everyone it's Baragon
2: run. And I'm hmm. like, when did we name him? This is the first time Baragon has been in a movie. This is the first time he's been in a movie. No, what, this is the first time any who, 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 of you uh, have
1: have confirmed his existence. And literally, no one has named him. No one said we call him Baragon, or it's this ancient race called a, a,
2: a of of dinosaurs yeah,
1: called good. a Baragon. Like, no, <laughs> he just made that shit
2: up I'm wondering just who, randomly. Uh, who came first, Baragon or Barugon? Isn't so Barugon? Is Barugon? Ber- Ber- Godzilla or is that Gamera? Baragon is Gamera. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, Gamera uh, came after, though. I think Gamera was a little after this, right? Uh, well, I was just checking because I don't know. Okay, uh, you look that. that up and a
2: Bar- Yeah. Uh, this is 1965,
1: Frankenstein versus
2: Barragon. Yeah. Gamera versus Barragon. Is 1966. Oh wow! So it was really close, and they're really, they're really similar because they're both you get quadru- sued for most that Quadrupedal, today. they both have the big horns yeah. on their nose. Uh, Berugon from the Gamera movie yeah, lo- looks a little bit more like an alligator, uh, whereas this one looks like a puppy. It's got the fl- yeah. floppy ears, but like, seriously, yeah, they're really
1: similar. If, if I were the makers of Frankenstein conquers the world, I would sue over that. That's ridiculous. Um, anyway, uh, Berugon attacks and Frankenstein. Attacks Baragon In an attempt to save The humans that he really liked And it's The movie culminates in a, What I love about this fight hmm. Isn't just that We can have a little bit More elaborate choreography Because one of the guys Isn't in a giant suit What I love about this fight Is that Ishiro Honda Frames it against A forest fire Yes And it looks Awesome well, there's, actually There's like a,
2: a brief fight At first then they separate briefly and then the fight continues yeah. and that's when the forest fire But like happens. the forest is
1: completely on fire in the background and it creates this like layer where like the top third of the frame in the background mm. is just a wall of flames and the well, next third a... is tree line and then the next third is the ground and it just creates this really gorgeous so many of these fights just take place against like a blue sky with a fake hill yeah like this
2: looks epic what uh What's done in this movie that we haven't seen a lot of in the Godzilla movies so mm-hmm. far is actually blue screen effect, and you can tell that the yeah. forest fires are blue screens because the the actors have that kind of blue. Mm. <laughs> Halo around them. I think we started seeing this I in... kind of like that look just because I'm, I'm fond of, you know, yeah, c- kind of retro. scenes and special effects, but... Yeah. Uh, it, we start, I think they started doing that in King Kong versus
1: Godzilla, or was it Mothra that they started doing that first? A
2: little bit in Mothra, because they had yeah. the, the, the Peanuts. That's they right. They started a lot using a of a blue, blue screen yeah. effects for the Peanuts. And the but, effects were, um, were not quite there yet, but they, they don't look that bad here, actually. They, they don't look that bad. I mean, it's clearly a blue screen effect. Yeah, uh, it's, but, also, it's also
1: clearly not really Frankenstein. I'm willing to accept that. It's really Frankenstein. <laughs>
2: Why would you say that and hurt me? Really, Frankenstein? This movie wouldn't lie. Um, no. Uh, previously, there were a lot of like matte paintings, and there was a lot of yeah. forced perspective and a lot of just camera angles and miniature sets. But it was really rare that we had the monsters against a blue screen. Yeah. Um, so the special effects are getting a lot more sophisticated mm-hmm. and, know, they're, I, and they're I, I, painterly too which mm-hmm. i appreciate it's not just putting up against a backdrop mm-hmm. it's making sure the backdrop gives it a greater sense of scale and, and we uh, we even noted when we uh, talked about um uh Dogura, yeah the, the space amoeba yeah uh that the special effects and the the camera work was actually getting uh was changing like the style of filmmaking has, has we started to watch evolve because mm-hmm. uh, those early black and white ones were a little bit like, like stodgier and slower moving uh you get to something like the the Mysterians. Everything's really sort of clear, Technicolor, and really beautiful. Uh, and then, but by, by the time we get here into the mid '60s, they're actually trying interesting things with photography and camera angles to make them look a lot more just dazzling and dynamic. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if it really works with Frankenstein versus Baragon because or uh, Honda, for frustrating reasons, hasn't made them move slowly and look like monsters, like giants. Really kind of yeah. tearing through the countryside. He, he seems kind of bored with that aspect now. Yeah. We're not even trying to establish awe anymore. Like, mm. re- remember in... I think um, th- I think we got a couple of
1: shots that are pretty impressive. Uh, but, may- yeah. Maybe so,
2: but uh, like if, if you remember in uh, the first uh, Harry Potter movie... Sure. They go to uh, this magical train platform, and it's actually yeah. a big process, and they spend yeah. a lot of time on the train. And Harry looks at these mm. things with wonder. And he's like, oh, wow, this is really dazzling. And yeah. um, in the second movie, we missed the train. But they have this mystical flying car, and they catch up with the train, so yeah. there's actually like a little bit more presence to it. By the time they go to the third one, they're just in street clothes, and they just get to get on their seat, and they don't care anymore. It's like Yeah, it becomes old hat. It's, it's not it's, new anymore. It's, it's not It's not exciting. It, it's not exciting. I don't live in a magical world. No, it's not only our third I would time would, seeing I would this like shit. To yeah. s- I would like a, a little bit more awe, even if it is my third go-around. Keep selling it, because you also... I, I understand they're jaded, but yeah. I'm not. And it's tricky with this kind of thing. It's like... um. You know, you want to you,
1: you want to cater to audiences who've been with you for multiple films and don't need to be given the exact same moments and scenes all over again. I mm. appreciate that, but also someone seeing one of these movies for the first time.
2: Well, and you also need it's to, just you need basic, to just tell the tale. It's just basic filmmaking. Give yeah. some tone and some portent. That's my point. You know, um, Tell the tale. Don't take every shortcut yeah. just because you've done it before and you assume your audience has. You can't yeah, assume think... that. And some people would argue that the reason they skip those moments of awe and scale is because, um, first of all, a lot of people have seen this kind of stuff before, and some would argue that it's it's a storytelling thing. If you spend too much time establishing awe, you can't get to something really wild, like Frankenstein fighting Baragon. No, you can't. You can. Totally. Just take a little more time.
1: That's fine. Yeah, take, give it an extra scene or two. You're good. Like it, like a, these I movies think, are really
2: short. It's not a big deal. Well, or, this or movie's you, 89 minutes long. I don't mind if it's 91. It, it's it's uh, or if, if you went to, into something like Av- Avengers, which has like 40 yeah. main characters, and they spent a long time establishing where each of these characters were and who they were, it wouldn't ever get going. You'd have, yeah. to, you have to speed through some of that.
1: Yeah. You have to but, take some of it for granted but you also pick your battles and yeah. you know that like some at some point you do need to really sell new ideas new characters etc um anyway Frankenstein fights Baragon, and they Frankenstein wins mm-hmm. and here's and pull, where he pulls,
2: pulls his skull open yeah like
1: rips him apart not unlike Godzilla when he fought that monster at the beginning no, uh, King Kong mm-hmm. when he fought that uh, uh, dinosaur in King Kong when he rips oh, up in yeah, the jaw and like, plays with it oh. um Frankenstein wins, and here's where it gets weird, because there are different endings to this movie. And the official original theatrical ending, apparently, hmm. uh, Frankenstein kills Baragon, but then, because of their battle and the environmental damage, their ground collapses, and they just get swallowed by the earth, and oh, isn't it sad? In the version that is currently on the Criterion Channel, <laughs> See,
2: uh, which it's is only, the international version,
1: it's a little different, and it's a little different because of a producer named Henry G. Saperstein. Henry, you probably know Henry G. Saperstein He's pretty famous. You, you might know Henry G. Saperstein. If you don't know Henry G. Saperstein, he was a producer. He worked on a lot of things. Uh, he was responsible for like Mister Magoo's Christmas Carol. Mm. Uh, He worked on a really awesome movie called Hell in the Pacific with Lee Marvin and Doshiro Mifune. Um, And he, realizing monster movies were big business in the 1960s, got into bed with Toho to work on several projects together. Mm. Uh, And this was the first. Uh, He would also uh, work on Invasion of the Astro Monster, which we're Mm. actually getting to next week. Uh, It's
2: just Invasion of Astro Monster. <laughs> there, there's have no. Been been yeah, it's just
1: invasion of Astro Monsters. Oh the my title. god, you're right. Yeah. My bad. Uh, he'll do the sequel to this movie, War of the gargantuas mm. and he'll also uh, work on All Monsters Attack and Terror of Mechagodzilla. Um, terror of Mechagodzilla is great. All Monsters Attack is terrible. I'm not a fan, but we'll get to it, and maybe and maybe it'll grow on me now that I've seen more of the films and I have more context. Um so, yeah, he was the one who was like, okay, I'm going to bring these movies to America, and he wanted... Uh, he was the one who was like, okay, we'll, we'll get Nick Adams to star and bring this sort of American
2: appeal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Nick, he Nick had, Adams, who speaks Japanese, but he's still dubbed.
1: Yeah. So, like, like
2: I, I think he... Because his, his lips match, but it's clearly not his voice. Well, he's speaking in English
1: because... And this is something that they, that they arguably did wrong mm. in uh, Dogura, which was, it was cool to see... Mark jackson, mark jackson speaking fluent yeah. japanese but then they still had to dub him for american audiences mm. and it didn't really help his star power any here well, the in, english in the language States, track anyway, is that's what yeah, so, so i'm talking about
2: he lived in japan so i know i'm
1: just saying, saying that yeah. the, the idea of mark jackson being a crossover hit character was mm. that was that muddied the water a little bit whereas uh nick adams is actually speaking in english and they could use his original audio track in the
2: american cut oh okay. well i he was clearly speaking Japanese in a couple scenes at the very least. I think a few scenes, yeah. Because, like, he, he, you could see his mouth. He was speaking Japanese. Mm. But it still wasn't his voice.
1: Yeah. Um, I, know, I
2: know in the sequel they get Russ Tamblyn. <laughs> oh, I'm looking
1: forward to that. That's going to be fun. I love Russ Tamblyn. Uh, but, um, anyway, where's he going? So, uh, Henry G. Saberstein uh, really thought that uh, the octopus from King Kong versus Godzilla, which is, like, the first mm-hmm. giant monster King Kong fights in kind yeah. of a one-off...
2: He thought that was really neat. And and that was footage of a real octopus that that they superimposed. Yeah,
1: there was like one fake octopus that he kind of wrestled with, but most of the really impressive footage was just an octopus that looked really giant Mm -hmm. because of camera trickery. Um, Zabberstein was like... Can we put a giant octopus in it? And then everyone rolled their eyes, and they had to go back into production after it was filmed. Mm. And now the version that we have finds Frankenstein killing Baragon, and then all of a sudden, a giant octopus just shows up. It's a cool-looking octopus. It's a cool-looking octopus,
2: but never even hinted at previously in the film. it just appeared, and we are literally two minutes Two minutes from the end of the
1: movie. This would be like if you want like a, if you haven't seen this movie and you want like an analogy. Imagine if you're watching uh, Godzilla versus Kong, hmm. uh, the the most recent mar- uh, 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 monster movie fight film hmm. from Legendary, uh, and you've waited this whole time and King Kong beat the crap out of Godzilla. And then he like sat on that cool throne and then a giant octopus showed up in the last two minutes and fought and killed him.
2: <laughs> and you'd be
1: like, what? That's so unsatisfying. Yeah. What is going on? And the, and the octopus drags Frankenstein into the ocean mm-hmm. and then we have well, one of those...
2: Fair, and yeah, the, most of these movies end with like a little bit of tragic dialogue. It was yeah. too, too beautiful to live.
1: And uh, uh, King Kong started it was, this. It wasn't the planes, it was beauty that killed the beast, which is a so uh, other... really nice way of saying... Please don't sue me, because this is all my fault.
2: Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, that is, the character is saying that. Don't don't sue me for bringing a giant ape into New York. Yeah. Uh, It's easy to to wax rhapsodic uh, when you're trying to defer blame. They say, oh no, did Frankenstein die? Mm -hmm. And somebody says, no, Frankenstein cannot die. His heart will go on. (laughs) it was the, an octopus The actual it line landed. that ends yeah. the
1: movie is it's, it's weird for me because this sounds like a tragic capper But it's actually the exact opposite of everything these characters were saying uh, He says, perhaps the best I'm translating, obviously this is what the subtitle said mm. Perhaps the best thing would be for him to die yeah. After all, he's, he's only a
2: monster Only a monster <laughs> Fuck <laughs> what the shit he saved your life asshole what the hell he's still a monster he's a monster yeah but no honestly no, no it's, this, it's, come it's one on the, well, it, it's, oh here's the, here's the thing that
1: pisses me off Only a monster. Only a monster. You could argue that because he's an undead scientific creation, arguably he would qualify under the genre of monster in the encyclopedia. But only a monster? (laughs) That's a dick thing to say. (laughs) That creature had agency, that creature protected people that you Uh, cared about. Come on. I I think it's one of those... uh,
2: That's like calling Lassie
1: only a monster. (laughs) Like it's not Ooh. human, must be a monster. Like,
2: come on, he saved Timmy for how many wells? I love. I'd love to see. <laughs> I would love to see a ninety foot lassie. Yeah. T- Taken down Baragon because there's some you know, dog that, monsters. Now that's a movie. Yeah, oh, it, it's gonna be a little while. We won't see a King Caesar until the seventies, <laughs> but that's it, that's kind of like a dog looking monster. It's a doggy
1: monster, kind of
2: yeah, upright bipedal doggy looking. Yeah. It's actually like a, a Japanese deity. Um, yeah, they don't yeah. start referring to the monsters as gods until later on in the series. Yeah, let me let me try to see and figure out exactly what King Caesar is. Uh, what what is
1: King Caesar? Like what what is he? Uh, uh, he's the guardian deity. He's okay, like
2: sleeping yeah. in a mountain and it cracks yeah. open and he kind of awakens. He's after a god centuries. kaiju.
1: Uh, and he, oh, he's oh, he's actually based on the stone lions the a oh, statues
2: yeah. oh,
1: okay Um. so he's a little bit more supposed to be like a lion but he does kind of have those, but like, his ears those flop, his ears, ears flop yeah. down they don't point up which gives him a bit more of a dogish appearance mm-hmm. Um. anyway uh, that is yeah, they,
2: that is well uh, what, what I know. was going to say is uh, yeah. there's there, there's this weird sort of inherent logic you know when two monsters show up why do they fight what do they have against each other mm-hmm. just animals they just hang out not every animal fights when they see other animals that's a lot of milkmen on the same route yeah no wonder they fight <laughs> <laughs> freaked is, is a brilliant piece of a art a reference to the movie um, but uh, it's, it's yeah just one of those tropes you know at, yeah. at the end of a comedy people get married at the end of a tragedy people die at the end of a monster movie the monster has to be killed somehow it's just the tragic mm-hmm. ending of the, of the life cycle of a monster
1: sure I just don't think we need to to spit on his grave like that. Like, he just saved your ass.
2: Like, why do you gotta call him
1: only a monster?
2: What a a, a jerk. He killed killed Baragon, and then he was like, wouldn't it be great if he, like, turned to the humans, like, oh, I can can eat you, can't I? Oh, God, no, we gave him ideas. Baragon gave me a great idea. Oh, my God. And he starts, like, popping people in his mouth. That'd be great.
1: Anyway, that is Frankenstein conquers the world, aka Frankenstein versus Baragon. Uh, that's a weird film. That's a really
2: strange movie. Uh, the idea of a giant Frankenstein is kind of odd enough. Yeah, it's fun it's, though. It's, it's amusing. It's a great, yeah. I, great, yeah. great idea to get some like fun monster images. If but... you buy into the idea
1: that Frankenstein, because his life was created artificially, mm. is like kind of out of control, like yeah. he's so alive, he will just keep growing. Uh, that's kind of cool. No. You know, it's only so much you can do with that, mm-hmm. I suppose. You, know, you can't. But um
2: so you know, it's right. it's ridiculous, but it's neat. In uh so the, the wolfman is it's like a magical curse. Mm-hmm. It turns into a part wolf creature. Yeah, you're uh, bitten they're... by
1: a wolf or you're cursed by somebody and you become yeah. a wolf person, yeah. Uh
2: is there something in wolfman mythology that would preclude his growing to enormous size? Surely I mean, if curse... he's yeah yeah, radiated Wolfman. Radiated man.
1: Wolfman. There you go. Um, what I want to see if Dracula is. Dracula
2: drinks more blood and turns into. What if Dracula, Dracula bit Godzilla? Would Godzilla become a vampire? Yes. Godzilla would become a vampire. Well, that's cool. Uh, vampires are harmed by sunlight, right? Yes. But they can go out in moonlight? Yes. The moon doesn't create its own light; it's reflected sunlight. I, I really, but it's
1: in, but that's but that's it. It's indirect sunlight. Ah, okay. And that's why, and that's sunlight, why right. that's why like they can be like out during the day like in shadow. Uh ah, okay. you know, because it's indirect sunlight. Mm-hmm. That was that's that's the rule I think
2: we've mm-hmm. mostly agreed on because otherwise there's not much you can do. <laughs> well, it's funny you can do. it. They just did it all because yeah. uh, there's so many goddamn vampire movies. True. Uh, unfortunately, they don't like dip further into the universal monster canon. And overlap it with the Toho monster No, there's so
1: much you could have done. It would have been the delight. The, the right. Phantom of the Opera versus Godzilla.
2: Can, can you imagine Godzilla putting on, like, a mask? <laughs>
1: Who could he be? Sing for me, Christine! Rawr! <laughs> um... No, that would, that would be life Well, there will be a sequel to this called War of the Gargantuas." It's two Frankensteins there are two Frankensteins and, and they
2: and they grow like brightly colored fur, like the aliens from Earth Girls are easy. They look yeah. really
1: weird. um this movie again, this movie will intersect with Godzilla pretty soon actually because Barragon is in Destroy All Monsters. Yes, and, and then he and shows, up later. shows up in a couple
2: other movies, too. yeah,
1: I'm not sure actually I have to I've did some research on this, and I don't have it in front of me uh, whether War of the Gargantuas does directly intersect with Godzilla, but because it is a direct sequel to this film, mm. we will cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. So oh, also I wanna so Oh yeah, I'm just curious now. But oh, like, you know, yeah.
2: Barragon was in uh, uh GMK mm. Godzilla Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack, which right. was one of the millennial movies. So we're not gonna see Baragon for a little while after Destroy All Monsters. Yeah. And uh and uh so Baragon
1: was in Destroy All Monsters mm. with Godzilla yes godzilla was in godzilla king of the monsters with vera farmiga Uh uh-huh vera farmiga hold on i can do this can you i'm working on it all right vera farmiga we we play this game on like road trips yeah vera farmiga was in oh was peter sarsgaard in frost nixon what am i thinking Mm. of
2: I'm not sure. Someone. Mm, I don't know if Pierre. I, I forgot if Pierre Sarsgaard was in Frost. I can sense. get the, to Kevin Bacon. I just need a second. I really <laughs> didn't plan this. I know I can do it.
1: Maybe Vera Farmiga isn't the way to go. Mm. Um, bah, 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 bah.
2: Let me back that up a little bit. But Vera, Farmiga, who else? Like Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, Millie Bobby what, what are Brown. the like American actors are in these things? Uh, let's see. Oh. You got Charles Dance. Uh, okay. If you want
1: to get through Golden Child. Or oh, something. we have like.
2: Uh, uh, oh well, wait. Go, Charles Dance was in Last Action Hero. We gotta oh, be able to get there through Last oh, actually, Action Hero. Actually, I, I can do it easier um, because yeah. uh, Kevin Bacon uh-huh. was in X Men First Class. Right. With, um, uh, Dude Maru played of uh, uh, Quicksilver, the, the fast running guy. Oh, um... Oh, something Peters. What's the dude's name? Oh, Evan, Evan, Peters. The Evan Peters. Evan was Peters. Evan Peters. That's it. Yes. Name. And uh, wasn't he in one of the Avengers movies? Like, in some multiverse thing? No, he was in WandaVision. Oh, that's TV. That doesn't count. It can't, arguably okay. doesn't count. Sorry. Because uh, Elizabeth Olsen played the Scarlet Witch, and she mm-hmm. was in a Godzilla movie. True. We could just cut to Godzilla was in a thing with Elizabeth Olsen, mm-hmm.
1: and then Elizabeth Olsen... Was she we'll in anything see. with Kevin Bacon? I mean, not, not we don't have to, to go directly to Kevin Bacon, but we can. All right. <laughs> damn it. Okay, we can do this. We, we have
2: people yelling at us. Right I now. know. You the, that? Someone once
1: yeah. said, "I forget who it was." That uh, when you're listening to a podcast and the hosts can't remember something and you can. That's the closest you'll ever know what it's like to be a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
2: How does it feel to haunt us? Yeah, and he's like people, yelling, it's like, people no. we already at this point come up with like three alternatives yeah. getting Godzilla to Kevin Bacon. Oh God, I, I can't find my cufflinks in the cuffs, like they're here! <laughs> I'm telling you, they're here! God shut up about your cufflinks! Look, I'm rubbing my
1: butt on him. You can't see okay, me. Okay, I'm gonna make this I'm gonna make this a thing. Right. Everybody who's listening, if you wanna play the six degrees of Kevin Bacon game, but you don't know the rules, you can look it up. Um If you can get us from Baragon to Kevin Bacon In under six moves Let us know Tell us on social S- media
2: Specifically to to Baragon To
1: Baragon Alright So you got that means that if you're gonna go through Godzilla You gotta go through that extra step of either doing Destroy All Monsters
2: mm-hmm. Or uh, uh, one of the other ones that he's in Well uh, Baragon was played by Haruo Nakajima Who plays Godzilla in most of these things Okay So, so surely, you can go through yeah. the actor not the character That's fine yeah in any case th- that's your assignment
1: you can tell us on the patreon page you can tell us on our social media we're on the we're on kind of twitter at uh, critic acclaim uh i am on um, all social media. you can just send me as well yeah uh at william DeBiani. i'm on blue sky i'm on kind of twitter Uh, And, uh, yeah, feel free to send those along. Uh, I'll try to catalog any ones that I get and we can mention them on a future podcast. Uh, Might not be the next episode of this because this episode, like all our episodes, is a preview for anyone who is a member of our Patreon. Hmm. So if you're listening to this episode on the main feed... Our next episode, Invasion of Astro Monster, is currently available on our Patreon page because our patrons get episodes one week early and they get all new episodes of Critically Acclaimed, Thank Godzilla, It's Friday, and We've Got Mail on the Iron List ad-free over at the Patreon page. And that's even for $1 a month. But we also have a lot of exclusive shows over there. Uh, all Only the Best, we review every Best Picture nominee ever. All our Yesterdays, we review every single episode of Star Trek ever. Um, we do commentary tracks, we do Hangouts... Uh, it's a lot of fun, and a big special shout-out to all of our patrons. Uh, so if you're if you're listening to this on the Patreon page, you can leave it on the Patreon page. If you're listening to this elsewhere, you can follow us on social media, and you can send it in. And at, in, in a future episode, maybe Destroy All Monsters, because that's when Barragon will show up next, we can reveal who did the best job of getting us to Kevin Bacon. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, in addition to social media, you can
2: always email us. Our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. Whitney, what is our P.O. Box? Yeah, send us a physical letter to the critically acclaimed network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064.
1: Yep, and we already did the social media thing. We already did the Patreon thing. I just want to say uh, you're all awesome, and I can't wait to talk about Invasion of Astro Monster with you on the next episode of Thank Godzilla. It's Friday. (laughs) Rar.